We're talking parenting athletes instilling confidence and the balance of being a coach and a parent with today's guest and mental performance coach, Amy Oliphant. My name is Jake Thompson, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and this is the Compete Everyday Podcast, a show designed to encourage and equip you with the tools to build a winning mindset so you can build your winning life. Text PODCAST to 972-945-9113 to join our Morning Motivation Club and visit CompeteEveryday.com for past podcast episodes and to learn more about our resources and gear for ambitious people who are ready to start winning. Welcome to the show. What's up, Competitor Nation? Welcome back to the show. Jake here, your Chief Encouragement Officer. Before I welcome in today's guest and new friend, Amy Oliphant, to talk about coaching athletes, parenting athletes, building confidence as a coach, as a player, as an adult after sports, I want to remind you that we have kicked off a brand new Competitor Nation program designed to give you content and motivation and resources every single day this year. That's right. By joining our new Competitor Nation Insider Program, you're going to get access to our new app, a place for you to get connected with other ambitious people, other people in the Compete Everyday community. You're going to get monthly challenges. You're going to get a podcast episode every single day of the year. And you're going to get our morning text message club every day of the year. When I've asked our community, what are the things that are the most valuable to you? We always hear back the top two, the morning text messages and how they help me start the day. And then the podcast, the solo episodes and the guest episodes about how I can learn things to apply to my journey. And so if you want both of those things, if you want to continue building that winning mindset this year, I want to encourage you to head on over to competitornation.com and join our insider access program for 2022. You will be able to get a new podcast episode every single morning. You will get a new text message every single morning. Instead of people that are not on the plan, people that are not in Competitor Nation are only going to get them on Mondays and Wednesdays. So you're going to be missing out on five texts a week and five podcast episodes a week that could be the episode you need to take your game to the next level this year. So don't miss out. Head on over to competitornation.com. Join the Insider Program. Hop on one of my monthly coaching hours. Get involved, get connected, and make 2022 your best year yet. Now let's welcome to the show my new friend, Coach Amy, as we talk about mental performance, parenting, and building confidence. Amy, welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Hey, Jake. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to today's conversation. You know, you and I connected similar to a handful of guests we've had lately at the Elite by Choice event. And it was interesting because one of the things you said really stuck out to me and inspired me a little bit. And I think will inspire our listeners today. And so that was the idea that you know, in our heads, we have all these fears and doubts and, and critics and things that love to chirp at us and tell us what we can't do. And um, I've shared a little bit in a past episode how I just recently started sell- telling a story that I'd let fear dictate and tell me a different one for years. And for you, you talked about this idea of 
essentially shifting a career almost starting later in life, pursuing a passion. And I felt like that was so incredibly important for our conversation today, especially for our listeners, because we feel like we get trapped that a decision we made at 20 or at 30, like we're stuck with for the rest of our life down a career path. And, and we can't ever pivot because it's quote too late at some point, but that's not always the case because we always have today. And we always can make a change and start to grow in a new direction for that. And so what I would love to hear from you is tell us a little bit about your background. Tell us a little bit about, you know, growing up and, and what kind of got you to here, I would say, and the pivot to really working with athletes, with parents of athletes all around mental performance. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I grew up playing all sports. I was uh, your typical tomboy. So much rather have played sports. You know, my, my parents had let me probably would have played football, um, but grew up playing every sport. Um, tennis and swimming were my two passions um, growing up. And then about when I was eighth grade, I decided that I really wanted to pursue um, one of those sports and try to play at the collegiate level. And I, um, I chose tennis. So I played tennis throughout high school. Um, and then I went to the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill and continued to play tennis there. And then um, I've coached all my life. I've loved coaching. I love passing on, um, giving back to the sports that I love and coached until I had kids, coached tennis until I had kids. And then um, my oldest daughter started swimming. And honestly, um, when I chose tennis way back when in eighth grade, um, I chose it because that's what my dad wanted me to, but I always had this passion for swimming. Like it's always stayed in my heart. Um, loved it, always had followed it. So when my daughter started swimming and they were looking for a coach, I jumped right into it um, and took advantage of that opportunity. And um, I got back in the water myself and then I started to do triathlons and, um, I'm still coaching to this day. Um, my passion, my niche as a coach and what, what the kids always, the feedback I get back from the kids and the parents was always, um, I cared about their confidence. I always wanted them to walk off the tennis court or off the pool deck, no matter what type of day they had feeling good about themselves. So um, they had to leave it all out on the court or in the pool, but at the end of the day, um, I wanted them to walk out feeling good about themselves. So my niche was always the, the mental side of sports. I've always preached that. I've always felt very strongly about that. Um, I was a mental midget growing up. Um, <laughs> and I think a lot most, of us, most of us, yeah, were, most of us most were, right? Of us were. Exactly. You find, right? So, um, and I think because of that, I ended up only playing two years of tennis um, in college and just I just couldn't take it. I had so much tied to my self-worth and um, I just was not in a good spot. So I kind of walked away from it and um, continued to teach because I love the sport, but um, I just know that if I had the tools that I have, that I teach and pass on to other people that I would have been able to get over that hump and been, been something different, but everything happens for a reason, right? Lots of what ifs, could ofs, but, um, I hate, as a coach, I hate seeing people get in the way of being their best possible self. So um, that's what's led me down this path. So a couple of years ago, um, somebody, I got involved in, um, with a positive performance training and was just doing um, a certification just to help me be a better coach. 
And the person, Lindsay Wilson, who runs that looked at me and was like, you should start your own business. And I'd never thought about it. So um, I hoed and hummed for a while. And then I was like, you know what? You only live once. And I couldn't stop thinking about it and kind of took the plunge and dove right in. And here I am today. Love it. I love it. I love it. And, and that's so one, Lindsay's been a guest here on the show, as, as you know, and, and just has become a dear friend. She's got some awesome stuff in the works yeah. right now. And, and I love how that conversation really spurred it. You'd spent time, you'd already developed the experience of, of coaching that confidence, but really why not dive in further? Why not bet on yourself? And, and so I want to ask you, there's a few pieces and I want to start now, and then I'm going to jump back a little bit in your story and ask you a few questions. Absolutely. But with the now, when you made that decision, when Lindsay kind of called you as a good coach can do sometimes, you heard all the doubts in your head. What was the factor? Or what was the internal story? Or what was the thing that you did to push yourself through that and say, I can start this today? It's not too late if this is what I'm passionate about. That's a good question. I think, you know, I did a lot of like self reflection and um, honestly, it was kind of like, if, if one of my athletes was in the same spot that I was in, what would I tell them? Right? Like my passion of a coach or, you know, one of my philosophies that I believe in is I've got to lead by example. Um, so, you know, I would tell them, Hey, you know, you got to jump in, you know, the hardest step is that first step and, you know, kind of jumping off that diving board, so to speak, and jumping all in and, um, you know, it was kind of that like five second rule, five, four, three, two, one, let's do it. <laughs> and well, and I love that you saw the just importance of modeling it, that if you were going to tell your athletes that, how could you not in turn live that? Yeah. And the disconnect that so many of us have today in telling other people what they should do. And it's always easier to give other people advice than ourselves. But when you're in that coach role, when you're in that leadership role, you have to be the first person to model the behavior before you can expect others to take you seriously talking about it. Absolutely. Uh, and, and so that's, that's incredibly important. And part of that, and, and part of making that decision is having the confidence in yourself to figure it out. And one of the things I love that you talked about is you wanted to make sure every athlete left that practice, that game, that performance confident. What I'm curious about from your perspective is we're so tied to the outcome. We're so tied to the outcome. Yes. <laughs> and when we have a bad day at practice, when it is just not clicking today, what kind of questions did you ask your athletes that would help them build that confidence after a really bad day? And, I, and I'll, add, I'll preface why I'm asking after you answer. Okay. Um, yeah, you know what? One of my face. You know, when I notice an athlete like having a bad day or struggling, you know, in the water or struggling with whatever it is that might be, or, you know, one of the athletes that I'm working with now comes in and has just had a bad game. The first question I always ask them is, did you give everything you could? Did you leave it all out on the court? Did, were you the hardest worker out there? You know, were, did you attempt to be the hardest worker out there? Did you give a hundred percent of what you had today? 
you know, and I always tell them, I was like, 100% doesn't mean perfect. Like some days, maybe you're not feeling well, maybe you're tired, maybe you were up all night studying for an exam, you know, maybe you got in a fight with a boyfriend or a parent, right? So sometimes your 100% might only be 80, 75% of what you're really capable of, but sometimes that's all you can give. So if they can like look me in the eye and say, I gave everything that I had inside of me today, then I'd look at, I said, then that's success. That's, you know, and then on, then the next question is before they leave, tell me three things you did really well. You know, don't, don't leave here thinking about all the things that, you know, cause we go to that, we, we have a tendency, we're wired to go to the negative, right? Yep. So I, you know, they walk out and they walking out with the three things they did well. And I tell them, you know, tell your parents the three things you did well before you tell them the one thing you need to work on. So uh, I'm going to ask you a question as the devil's advocate in that. Yeah. What if, what if they don't think they gave their best effort that day? How do you follow up that when you ask them, did you give your best? How do you, I would say, encourage slash also challenge them to do it next time without beating them up? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. And, and sometimes they don't. And, you know, I think, um, the fact that my athletes can be honest with me and say, you know, right, you know, no, I, I didn't do that is huge. Um, my first question is kind of like, well, why? What was keeping you from doing that? And then I remind them that there's, you know, I remind them of their goals. I remind them of, you know, the process, you know, like if this is where you want to be, if you want to win that state, you know, 100 breaststroke, is what you did in the pool today going to help you get there? No. All right. Well, what are you going to do tomorrow? I'm going to do better. <laughs> right. And that's, yeah. you know, so that's why, you know, when I start with athletes, my first thing to do is, you know, what's your why? What's your ultimate, you know, um, what's your ultimate goal? And then we, you know, work backwards and work on that process because it's times like that. It's times when they like, you know, maybe they made a wrong decision. Maybe they chose, you know, to go out with friends the night before a big meet or a big match. Yep. Well, if that's the case, that's fine. We all, you know, we all have to learn from our decisions, yep. but we have to go back to what our why is, you know, and what, why we're doing what we're doing. Well, and the reason I ask that question specifically is one, we have a lot of parents that listen to the show and they sometimes need ways to encourage and ask their athletes those things when they can see that the athlete didn't give their best and the athlete knows they didn't. The other reason is I think that's just as valid as where we are in work as adults uh, when we're managing and leading people and, and we see our team struggling and we see individuals that we know have more in them of asking those questions and encouraging them up to the standard. And so I, I always find that kind of a, a key piece of it because it's, it's prevalent and it's easy to call people out. It's a lot harder to call them up and to encourage them in a way that challenges them to rise to that standard next time. One of the balances I think is interesting with you is, is you've parented multiple college athletes. And it's sometimes hard being a coach's kid, uh, very hard being a coach's kid. For one reason, as, as a coach's kid, you have to be far and away better than any other teammate at the same position to remove any doubt that you're playing because you're coach's kid. The second is the division of when do we talk about sport? When do we just talk about being parent and child? 
How did you handle that? And how do you encourage parents that are involved as coaches or have that youth athlete and they feel like they're always talking about the sport um, and the game? And, and sometimes there's a concern that the kid's identity gets too wrapped up in the sport, but we also aren't talking about other things other than just this sport, this game, because it's easy for us to connect on it. Right. You know, I've gotten asked that question a lot because, um, you know, obviously I've got, I've got several kids that are playing at or have played at the D1 level. Um, and, you know, I believe it didn't happen just by accident. <laughs> right. So, and, um, you know, it's funny that you asked that because, you know, my husband, my kids would much rather drive in the car with me after matches than my husband. Like we have very different because of our backgrounds. Like I, yeah. You know, I let them just kind of sit and, and be quiet and I let them come to me with, with if they want to talk about the game, then, you know, my first, first, they hop in the car and my first question to them is, you know, how are you feeling? If it's one word answer, I say, all right, great. You know, and then, you know, we'll talk about something else or we'll just listen to the radio and we'll just chill. And I found like, for me, that was the best best thing that I could do and then you know what sometimes it was 24 hours sometimes it maybe was an hour into the car ride or you know after they showered then they'd come to me and we'd talk about it right so um my best advice is to just kind of let them let them figure it out on their own and if you have that healthy relationship with them and they learn to know that you just want what's best for them they'll come to you Right. But that's easier said than done, <laughs> you know? So, you know, and it's funny because, you know, I would, I would say particularly to both my boys, I'd be like, you know, what do you think about working on that mental side? Like, you know, like you should be, you know, have more confidence than you do, or I really think this would help you. And they'd always be like, yeah, whatever, mom, you know, like, whatever, you're just saying that, and they kind of were like, that's just, that's just too weird for me, right, yep. but then you know what, both of them within like six months came up like sheepishly and said, hey, mom, you think you can help me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I said, yeah, I said, personally, I'm not going to help you, my fellow, my philosophy was like, I am always going to be their parent first, so yeah, even when, my, even as a swim coach, my daughter is a swimmer, I never coached her. So like I'd take her to meets and we'd, we'd go with, and she'd be, I'd, we'd separate. Like I'd be up in the stands watching and I'd let her coach be down on deck. Even though I could go on deck with her, people would be like, why aren't you down on deck? You've got to pass. I was like, it's not my place right now. So, you know, that's like for coaches who have kids in the sport, be a parent first, you know, like, so, so when they wanted mindset work, I found them, you know, a colleague and put that, put it in their hands. And that's the best thing I could have done. I love it. I love it. Amy, this is awesome. So now tell me a little bit about the, the mindset work you're doing with, with these athletes. Is there a specific sports you work with age range? That's kind of your ideal target, or are you working with a lot of different athletes from a lot of different sports and ages? Yeah, I'm working with, um, I tend to work with mostly the 12 to 18 year olds right now. Um, lots of swimmers, um, just because of my background as yeah. a swim coach. Um, I'm working with a lot of hockey players right now because of my boys. They're both hockey players. So um, I've kind of got that hockey niche as well. But I've worked with I've worked with fencers and rowers and soccer players as well. 
Um, I worked with a Navy SEAL or um, a candidate who's headed off to BUDS training, um, which was a fun experience as well. So yeah, yeah kind of all me- across the boards. So, so I'm going to ask you along those lines with that, because it, it, from what I'm hearing and, and based on our conversations we had offline as well, helping those athletes instill that confidence in themselves is really a great spot. So for the parents listening, the friends of adult athletes or high school athletes listening, where they're, they're struggling from a confident standpoint for a number of things. Obviously, the last two years have just shaken a ton of athletes and individuals all across the board from losing opportunities to changed in opportunities and not handling that. Would you say that that's where you find the most impact is helping distill or instill, excuse me, that confidence in those athletes and then teaching them and the parents how to continue building it? Yeah, I would say so. I think, you know, as we move forward, um, I feel like my niche, and some of this has come from my daughter who competed, who swam at the D1 level. You know, she'd come home every break or we'd be talking on the phone and she would constantly be telling me, not just swimmers, but all the athletes, you know, athletes all kind of tend to hang out together. You know, you tend to, right? And she's like, mom, none of us have any confidence. We're all just not happy. We don't know how to handle this. And so- Ideally, I want to start working with those high school kids who are going to become college athletes, because what happens is all these kids go off to the college and they're thrown into a situation where they're all they're coming from being the best on their teams. And now they're all the best, you know, coming from that background. And because they were always the best, they never really had to learn how to deal with adversity. They never had to use the tools that we teach and help them um, get to where they're at, right? So they walk into these college environments having no toolbox to dip into. Um, And I think, and she's like, and they don't get the help. Like you think that all these colleges and, you know, yeah, the power fives are a little bit more advanced than some of the, you know, smaller D1, D2, D3 NAI schools, but there's not the support there. They're not, you would think that that would be common sense, but, but it's not. So, um, you know, ideally, you know, that's the message I want to get across to, to those high school kids and to the parents, like, let's, you know, you don't have to be sick to get better. Right. So let's, let's put, let's get started early and give them every advantage to start their freshman year off on a good note. Yeah, no. And, and cause college in itself is such a wake up call for a lot of us. Um, you know, you have the students that the school came easy in high school and then at college is a rude awakening. Plus you factor in sports on top of that and, and the responsibilities you have at the collegiate level. And it, it can really overwhelm those kids, especially if their identity is very tied up in outcome and, and they haven't built that mental toolbox to be able to focus, to be mindful, to be all of that. So okay. incredibly important that, that work you're doing. Amy, where can our parents listening today, even our athletes listening today, where can they find out more about your work and get connected? Um, You can find me on Facebook at uh, Transcend Mental Training. Um, I'm also on Instagram at Transcend Mental Training. LinkedIn, I'm at Amy-Oliphant. And um, you can always email me at transcendmentaltraining at gmail.com. Love it. Love it. And we'll be linking to all of that in the show notes. So for those listening, click those show notes. You'll find all of her contact information there. Reach out if you're the parent of an athlete who's needing some assistance in this area. If you know your kid needs some help with this and you just want to help them 
really build the mental skills they're going to need, not just for sports, but in life. Because I know, like Amy said, like I've said here on the show, like a lot of our guests, if I'd only known some of this stuff or how to do some of this stuff at 15, 16, 17, what a difference my 19, 20, 30, early 30s, all of that would have been. Uh, and, ha- and how much more equipped I would have been able to handle a lot of stuff. So given the current landscape and how life is continually chaotic and ever-changing, the more we can equip our kids with the right mental skills to succeed, the better they're going to be able to adapt and be resilient throughout. So Amy, uh, props for the work you do. Thank you so incredibly much for coming on the show this week. Oh, thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To get in touch with the team, drop us an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. And to find out more about our resources, content, and gear that will help you build that winning mindset so you better compete for your best life, visit competeeveryday.com.